I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB, the first of 2023. Andrew joined by Carl. Carl, uh, I hope you had a great Christmas and um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Great to see you again, Andrew. It's uh, I've missed your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. No, it's always good to have a break, isn't it? Particularly at the end of the year mm-hmm. as we set up for the brand new year. But I've got to say, it hasn't really started well on the markets, has it? No, it certainly hasn't. I mean, I, I wrote my view about that today. What can we infer from sentiments? It's uh, very bearish out there. You can t- contrast that with how we started last year, which was almost ubiquitously positive. Um, but it would seem that, um, well, there's no contrarian signals here. Uh, another sell-off to start uh, 2023. Things are looking pretty dour. So, uh Obviously, we're recording this a little bit before the bell today, but it's looking like we'll close more than 1% lower. We'll uh, we'll see how we fare. Certainly very, very negative. Yeah, that was despite uh, futures indicating we were going to get a positive um, start. Well, we did, but it lasted a matter of minutes. Uh, not a lot of places to hide today other than the gold sector, which once again, yeah. that story continued from what we saw in in December with the US dollar having come off and obviously with the prospect of recession, uh, that is seen as a place um, in which to invest at the moment that the, uh, the local gold mine is doing well. Yep, doing very, very well. And uh, like you said, a US dollar story yields actually kind of grinding higher. So it's moving higher despite the fact that Global rates are, are up, but um, yeah, that's uh, it. Would seem to be the, the the safe haven of choice, at least for uh, investors in the uh, on the ASX. Yeah, and futures um, pointing to perhaps a lower start on the US market. Of course, most markets closed overnight for the New Year holiday. Apart from Europe, uh, which actually managed to uh, eke out some gains uh, to the beginning of the year. So that was uh, at least a positive that we'll take. From there, but um, of course, the other story internationally we're watching very closely at the moment is China, with those COVID cases. Uh, obviously, it's very difficult to get a hand on exactly what those numbers are, but it's looking pretty bleak at the moment. It does seem that way, and I had a very interesting conversation with David Bassanisi for the big picture today, which uh, for any of those macro heads out there, I certainly recommend. Core of the question is, what does this mean for central bank policy? Will it be inflationary? Uh, on the basis of supply chain disruptions, and you know, there's this whole notion that perhaps, um, you know, maybe that would be a, a problem that dissipates a little bit with with zero um, zero COVID or dynamic zero, I should say, um, being more or less or all but scraps. Uh, but he says no. In the short term, it could be actually an inflationary force, and it could force central bankers to be a little bit more aggressive. So maybe even being priced in already to to rates markets. So something to be wary of of investors as we as we continue to worry about the path forward for for monetary policy. Yeah, and of course we look at those sectors that um, are uh, you know heavily exposed to China, uh, you know, particularly materials. Interesting to see what's happened today. In fact, um, in the energy space, in particular, well, coal, I should say, those stocks have come off quite significantly today. Mm. The likes of uh, New Hope and, and Whitehaven, 
um, along with lithium stocks also falling. So interesting to see what the trigger is there. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the, the, the fear of, um, I suppose, ratcheting up di- uh, diplomatic tensions again now that we're forcing everyone to, to test coming back into the country, that thawing that we're all being looking out for or, or, or hopeful of is uh, being reversed. I say that mostly tongue-in-cheek, but it is interesting because that, uh, that coal story, that resource story has certainly benefited from, well, up until this point, hopes of, of China's reopening. Mm. Elsewhere, well, certainly um, the only corporate news that really made the headlines uh, when I got in this morning was Tesla, which had just dropped its latest um, yes. numbers, which uh, seemingly were positive but actually missed expectations. So mm. it'll be fascinating to see how investors uh, treat that when uh, the market opens in the US, of course, given the stock has been beaten down by some 65% yes. last year. Yes, and Elon Musk has seen uh, two hundred billion dollars US dollars wiped off his net worth um, from its from its highs. So, Mike C continued selling there. It would certainly seem that uh, sentiment is uh, is in the doldrums. Some paper hands out there now from uh, Tesla investors. Yeah, do you think he's counting? Um, I, don't know. I mean, you know, he's clearly still distracted with what's going on with Twitter, and I guess investors are just calling out and saying. Look, wake up. Yeah. Eyes on the road. What's going on? Yeah, quite Tesla. literally. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I suppose the company's not going to uh, drive itself, uh, so to speak, un- unlike one of their vehicles. So um, it would seem to be a combination of rate concerns, a capitulation of retail investors, and just I think maybe even I heard too some ESG risks there, especially now that he seems to be um, pretty happy cozying up to dictators or mm. autocrats on, on Twitter here and there. Well, it's certainly an issue of competition too because we're seeing, in fact, I was reading in the AFR today just as far as uh, some of those Chinese EV brands that are going to make mm. uh, significant headway in the Australian market. Of course, Australians crying out for a you know relatively cheap or at least affordable EV. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, uh, that might be our alternative as well. All right. Well, uh, coming back home, um, in fact, I was uh, I hosted the call today with uh, Mark Morland from Team Invest and Mark Gardner from Macro. I've got to say, we had some fairly um, prominent stocks and um, neither of them were in a real buying mood. And perhaps that's been reflected on what we see in the market today as well. Nevertheless, um, stock of the day, I asked them for their stock of the day and Mark Morland came up with uh, Team Invest for the reasoning that it's the one stock that he wants to buy at the moment. So why not? Uh, at least that's a positive. Um, the furniture retailer, of course, he sees, despite that uh, you know macro headwinds are there, um, he thinks Australians are going to keep continuing to buy uh, furniture. Um, and uh, that's certainly what they did during COVID. So let's uh, hear both, well, both marks, their assessment of Nick Scully. Because at the moment, with the current price, we're showing Nick Scarley returning 26% a year over the next five years on our default metrics and 9.8 on a margin of safety, which is excellent. And if you look at the dividend, they're paying 6.6% fully frank dividend as well. So uh, if you say right now, is Nick Scarley a good buy? Absolutely. Look, it's one of those, you know, if you're going to own a consumer discretionary stock, these guys have got the track record where you can, you know, you may you may see a bit of a wild ride because the sector uh, has a sentiment swing, but mm. it's probably more, more, you know, you're probably buying a little bit more. All right, so that is a double buy Tough for buy. 
Nick Scarley. That is one to be considered by the investment committee. Marky Mark, good vibrations yeah. for Nick Scarley. <laughs> All right. So, Carl, look, obviously it is that time of the year. It's fairly quiet, certainly from a macro perspective with the data that we're getting at the moment. What are we looking at um, if not this week, next. Yeah, you've got to go to the end of the week, I think. We'll have yeah. NFPs and um, ISM services, uh, US ISM services PMI as well, which uh, we cast our mind back to about a month ago was what catalyzed the latest fears about the Fed having to be a little bit more aggressive with policy because it came in higher than expected and also saw an unexpected expansion in the employment sub-index. So one of those resilient US economy um, stories there. So that'll be Friday night. And, you know, we um, nothing not, nothing as significant this week, but we're only uh, a week or two away from, from US earnings season really picking up. So I think the conversation will increasingly shift to there as uh, we get the new, new year underway. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that. It comes around so quickly, doesn't it? It doesn't just adjust. have a month off and then you're back into earnings season again. Yeah, I know. It's like amazing. All right. Well, look... Um, yeah, not not the best way to start the first uh, trading session, but um, yeah, it's always up from here, I guess. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Cheers, guys. <laughs>